days on Nine Gardener. Did you know that where you live, you can grow gorgeous vegetables, herbs, and flowers year round? In the Wild Child Garden, we harvest 52 weeks a year. There's never a need for cover crops, never a time when we can't plant something, and there's always room to add beauty to our garden space. I'm going to inspire you to turn your garden into a wild child garden right here on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I'm Kelly Johnson, founder of Wild Child Kitchen Gardens and your host. I teach busy women how to grow gorgeous food in any space. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig in. I get asked a lot of questions as a garden coach, but the one I'm asked the most by beginner and advanced gardeners alike is what is the difference between feeding and fertilizing? These two words are used so interchangeably that it really is confusing. Today, I'm going to take the guesswork out of the terms for you, share with you why we feed, not fertilize inside the wild child garden method, and I'm going to tell you the secret to building soil super fast. Let's get started by just looking at these two terms. When you're talking about fertilizing, you are talking about feeding. So that's where things get really confusing. But it's the what that you're feeding that sets these two terms apart. When you fertilize, you feed the plant. Absolutely no benefit occurs to the soil. But when you feed, you feed the soil. And then the plants benefit greatly. There's a big difference. The plant doesn't know or really even care where its nutrients come from. Just like humans, right? We don't care where our vitamin C comes from. Our body's gonna take what it can get and it's gonna use it. The same is true for your plants. They're gonna take whatever nutrients they can get and they're gonna use them. So when we use a fertilizer, the nutrients are in a synthetic or man-made form and the plant takes them, they use them, and they excrete the waste. The problem is, is that it's one and done. When we apply the nutrients, the benefits are available at that moment. But then once they're used, they're gone. Not true when feeding. When you feed, you're actually feeding the soil and the soil is feeding the plant. And it's doing it over and over. Let me break that down a little bit more. Synthetic fertilizers are man-made to mimic the nutrients that would be naturally occurring in the soil if you were to feed it. They're products that you can buy that will make the plant think it's growing in nutrient-rich soil. The problem here is, at the end of the day, the plant's not growing in nutrient-rich soil. So you have to keep applying those fertilizers over and over to keep the plants with available nutrients. And the more you apply, the worse the soil gets. So then you have to turn it over at a minimum in order to grow anything at all. Or sometimes at most, you have to completely replace it altogether because it's so toxic to the plants. The problem here is the waste that the plants excrete from synthetic fertilizer is a waste that builds up and is unusable. It's salts and sodiums. Once these things build up to a certain level in the soil, the plants not only don't use them, but they also can't grow in them. That's why you see so many commercial farmers tilling and you see so many backyard gardeners replacing soil. It's because of the buildup of toxins that are left behind by synthetic fertilizer. Organic fertilizers, on the other hand, actually add nutrients to the soil, making them available to the plants as they're broken down by the billions of organisms that live in the soil, benefiting the soil and benefiting your plants. So when you feed nitrogen to your plants, you're feeding organic matter that contains high amounts of nitrogen, like blood meal, feather meal, 
grass clippings, emulsified fish. The plants use the nutrients and then they excrete the waste out of their root systems. Now this waste is actually not unusable. It's actually golden. It's called exudates and it's pretty convenient because the microbes that are gonna break down these nutrients so that your plants can absorb them are actually attracted to the waste that the plant excretes. They begin to break those nutrients down right there at the root system of the plant, making even more nutrients available, making even more exudates available, and then bringing in even more microbes who will want to come and join the party, and the cycle goes on and on. Does this mean that you can feed once and let the soil take care of the rest? No, but it does mean that every time you feed, you're improving your soil and you're creating a more rich environment for your plants to grow instead of destroying it as you will do with a synthetic fertilizer. We use nitrogen as an example and I wanna show you exactly what I mean. So we'll stick with nitrogen here, okay? The soil needs microbial life to break down these nutrients, right? We've talked about that. And at the most basic level, the microbes that we need are bacteria and fungi. Now we need way more than that, but this is the most basic and simple microbe that will be utilized in the breaking down of nutrients. Both are needed, both bacteria and fungi. But without organic matter, you won't get that bacteria. That's gonna allow the fungi to take over and it's gonna become dominant. Here's the problem. Your vegetables don't respond to nitrogen produced by fungal decomposition. Wow, right? They actually need the bacterial form. But don't worry, your synthetic fertilizer has this all figured out. Nitrogen in a bacterial decomposed form is nitrate. That means that in order for your plant to absorb nitrogen, it's got to be converted into a nitrate. And that is the job of bacteria. If it's broken down by fungi, it's gonna be in the form of ammonium. Totally unusable to vegetable plants. That's why you see nitrogen in a synthetic form sold as ammonium nitrate. Covers all the bases to make sure your plants are getting the nitrogen they need, regardless of the condition of your soil. Sounds good, but it doesn't really give us a long-term solution. And really, all nutrients can be viewed in the exact same way. Banana peels are loaded with potassium. Eggshells are an excellent source of calcium and phosphorus. And when broken down by bacteria, these nutrients are in the form that are readily available to plants. When broken down by fungi, not so much. So what do we do as organic gardeners? We add bacteria. And how do we add bacteria? We feed our soil. So now that you can see the importance of feeding your soil instead of fertilizing your plants, I wanna teach you exactly how we do it. Compost is the way. It is king in the wild child garden. That is no secret. And it is the holy grail of organic matter. But I want you to think of it more as a soil builder rather than a plant feeder. Compost actually has very low levels of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. But what it does have is tons and tons of microbes, one billion to be exact, in just one teaspoon of good quality finished compost. That means that one billion microbes 
are going to be added to your soil around the base of your plant, right where the, they can decompose any organic matter you add to your soil. They are the hidden magic to a healthy soil. These organisms, small animals, worms, insects, and microbes will flourish when the other soil elements are in balance. And when they flourish, your plants do too. No commercial fertilizer, not even one that is totally organic, can provide the full spectrum of nutrients that you get with compost. The nutrients are available gradually as your plants need them over a period of months or sometimes even years. The microorganisms in this compost will also help your plants absorb nutrients from fertilizers more efficiently. It all works together. When you add compost and you feed with an organic fertilizer, you will have soil that only gets better over time. Adding compost will also help you moderate your pH. It'll cure fertility problems so you can concentrate on the pleasure of gardening not the science of your soil's chemical composition. Unlike organic and inorganic fertilizers alike, which need to be applied at the right time in the right amount, compost can be applied anytime you want and in any amount you have. You can't really over apply it. Plants will use exactly what they need when they need it and the rest will remain in the soil. Can a gardener ever have enough compost? Uh, probably not. So I recommend amending your soil each new growing season with a nice layer of compost. Gently mix it into the top few inches of soil or mulch around individual plants as a side dressing. And let's be clear, compost that you buy will never be as superior in quality to the compost that you make in your own backyard. You cannot overstate the absolute powerhouse that compost is. Without it, you will never be able to achieve the soil health that you can if you apply it. If you're not composting, you should be. Now that you know how amazing compost is for your soil and for your plants, let me talk about how amazing it is for you. This might be the best part. Compost is one of those things that is a silent worker. You never know what's happening underground, but you just know that good things are happening above ground, right? And the good things that you're going to see with compost go beyond your plant's size. What you're going to start to see is that you don't have any weeds. You're going to wake up one day and look around and say, well, I've not picked weeds in this garden bed for three weeks, for a month. There's been nothing showing up. Why is that? That's because those beneficial organisms, those guys that are greater than bacteria and fungi on the food chain, the micro beetles and the micro arthropods and the earthworms, those guys are eating the weed seeds. Pretty amazing, huh? And every time they eat anything in your soil, they're turning it into nutrients for your plant. One final thing you'll notice as more compost goes into your soil is that more pests do not affect your plants. That's because healthy soil is a deterrent to pests. Why is that? It's because the primary way that soil protects against pests is by making healthy plants. Soil provides plants with vital nutrients and chemicals that promote growth 
and defenses that unhealthy soil just doesn't do. So when soil lacks certain components, your plants aren't going to be able to grow as strong. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to attract pests when your soil is not healthy. But what it does mean is that your plants are not as built to withstand the damage. So they're almost defenseless. And what ends up happening is it will only take a very small amount of insect activity to kill off an unhealthy plant. Whereas a healthy plant has ways and mechanisms that it can defend itself. That's pretty amazing, right? Healthier soils produce plants that are less damaged by pest. Basically what I'm telling you is the healthier your soil, the greater preventative it is for pests because of its increased tolerance. Healthy plants are simply just less attractive to pests. Really and truly, you have to remember that survival of the fittest applies to plants in the same exact way that it applies to everything else on our planet. If something has a nutrient imbalance, for example, like an animal that's weak in a herd, they always get attacked first. We don't really know all of the answers, but in many, many studies, they have found that where thistle patches compete with corn for nutrients, the corn is stunted in yellow. When the grasshoppers move in, they only ate the stunted and discolored corn and left the healthy alone. These studies that we find only prove over and over the same exact thing. When we focus on improving our soil health, we are able to reduce the amount of soil disruption. And when soil is disrupted, so is the network of beneficial organisms that keep our soil healthy. The more that we decrease this network, the more pesticides we have to use, the more fungicides we have to use, and the weaker our plants get, which means we have to till, we have to give pesticides, and we have to apply fungicides. And the cycle goes on and on. When we work with nature and we improve our soil, what we find is that we have healthier soil for sure, but we also have healthier plants, fewer pests, and less disease. And this is a pretty good way to garden, if you ask me. I would love to send you my wild child guide to composting when you sign up to receive my emails at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash subscribe. In this guide, I'm going to show you exactly how you can start and grow and use your very own backyard compost. This simple system is the exact same one I teach inside the Wild Child Kitchen Garden Academy, and it will set you up for an amazing season. Compost is not an overnight endeavor. It is one you have to continue to work at, but the reward far exceeds the effort. Trust me. When you use compost, in addition to a quality organic fertilizer, you will see your soil turn around and you will know that it's working because your plants are your thermometer and they will show you exactly how much they love to be pampered when you feed this. Thank you 
so much for joining me here today. I hope that you have a much better understanding of the difference between fertilizing and feeding. And more importantly, I really hope that you have decided that now is the season you will start a compost. I can tell you, you will not regret it. And as you compost and you add more of that amazing goodness to your soil, what you will find is that your garden is going to grow far more than you ever thought possible. Thanks again for joining. Make sure you go sign up for my composting guide at www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com slash subscribe, and I will see you here next week.